0: King Arthur, you know, the knights of the round table, right? Who likes round table pizza? Yeah? No one? No one? That's fine. It's fine. It's an old pizza thing. I'm aging myself. Anyway, welcome, guys. Welcome to Sunday. Take a seat. Take a seat. Everybody, eyes up here. Let's turn our voices off right now, because I want to talk about something um, exciting in a second, but let's get real for a minute. What does real mean? Well, we are real. My name is Josh, guys. Uh, hello. Um, I, you guys might know me as Jalapeno. On the counter, three, can I get everybody to do a Pino on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. Jala. Wow, that was so sad. Jalapeno. I'm sorry that I grieve you guys in such a powerful way. Let's try that again. Try to make it a little bit happier if possible. One, two, three. Oh. Okay, the pino was still sad, but the holla was nice. So thank you. I appreciate the hollas. Um, So my name is Josh. If we have not met, I am um, on staff here in junior high ministry, and I don't Like being alone. Who likes being alone? Who are the you guys know what like introverts and extroverts? Yeah, a little bit. You know, introverts they they're fueled by alone time together, right? And extroverts they're fueled by uh, time with people and everything, right? But sometimes we all like being alone. So um, some people they're fueled by time alone. Some people are fueled by time with other people. I'm fueled by other people, right? But sometimes I just need to be alone. I just need to kind of disconnect a little bit and stuff. But growing up, I didn't always like being alone. In fact, I was really afraid of the dark growing up, right? Any people who used to be afraid of the dark when they were little? Yeah, of course, everyone should be raising their hand. The darkness is terrifying, okay? Terrifying at a young age. And um, some of you I know are probably still a little afraid of the dark. I totally was. Um, hey guys, my, uh, my girlfriend uh, Katie is actually in the back right there. And I was just talking to her. Everybody look at her, make her feel uncomfortable. Um, We were just talking about how when she used to go from her neighbor's house to her house, so three houses over, she would leave her friend Chrissy's house at night, she would wave at Chrissy's mom, and then she would bolt as fast as she could, like three houses down, because Chrissy was at the darkest part of the neighborhood, right? And it was creepy, and it was scary. Ooh. So... She would run into like the, the street light, the, the light of safety and everything. And there her family was, right? And so she'd run in because she didn't want to be alone in that darkness and that kind of like fear, right? Um, and so I, I definitely don't like being alone. I like being with my family. I have a picture of my family, all the jalapeno family. Big group of us there. There we are. There's me on the left. There's my mom, dad, sister, um, like cousins, grandparents. we all just, we like when we get together, we all just, like just dogpiling all together. That's pretty typical of us. But I don't like being alone. One of my favorite movies growing up uh, was Home Alone. Have you guys ever seen that movie before? Home Alone. Yeah, we got a picture of that right here. Ah, I love that movie. It was great. Um, and. That movie was fun because it's like, yeah, the kid's home alone, but then the robbers are like coming in and being all, you know, like creepy and like stuff, and he like, he pulls one over on him, right? Even though he's alone, even though he feels sort of abandoned by his family and stuff, he rallies and he's awesome, right? And so I love that. I liked that a lot. Um, I used to, you know, he's kind of like, and you know, he's like setting up traps for the robbers and everything, and it's kind of a lot like pranks, right? He likes doing pranks. Yeah? Pranks to camp? Camp's fun. Cool, cool. Um, so for me, I loved the idea of doing pranks, Right? And so what I used to do, shh, what I used to do is I'd go to my mom and I'd be like, mom, can I please prank my sister? She's in the back there. Everybody look, everybody look and make her feel uncomfortable as well. Um, I used to bang mom, please, can I put butter on her doorknob? Please, can I string yarn all over her room and like hang her baby doll upside down, like by the thing? And you know what my mom said? She's a good, great mom. She said, no, you can't do that. That's a lie. She said, Yes go for it and I would and it was great and Jess used to get so mad at my mom because she would come home to like a destroyed room she's like mom look what Josh did and she's like yeah I know and she's like what um and I was happy and my mom was happy we were all happy Jess wasn't happy but it's okay we love each other now and everybody's happy about it um and so I, I loved that movie, but because of that fear of being alone, because I didn't like being alone, and it kind of terrified me a little bit, right? And so I started thinking about it's like, why, why is that such a, a terrifying thing? Um, like we say like at a young age when you're afraid of the dark, but like the that that fear never really goes away, right? even into adulthood, there's still this inane need to connect, to be with people, to be in community, right? If you're just, you know, sitting like alone in a chair, that's different than sitting in a group at a table with people. You feel closer, you feel more connected. So um, I want to show a clip of a a video, actually. This is from the History Channel. The show is called Alone, and it's going to talk a little bit about what I'm talking about. So go ahead and take a look at the screen, guys of rainfall every year. These guys are basically in a car wash on a daily basis. This has been so much tougher than I thought it would be. These guys were out there for weeks and weeks and weeks on end with no interaction with anyone else. Surviving is one thing. Isolation is something completely different. I don't have a camera crew. I don't have a naked (laughs) partner here to talk to. And I don't have any interaction whatsoever except for me and this camera. And it's freaking me out. You wonder if the people in your life really know how much you love them. Isolation certainly took a toll and took people out of this competition. Alone is more authentic than any other survival program out there. There are no gimmicks. It's just men and their cameras and their will to survive. You really cannot prepare yourself for being in a situation like this. When you're alone, it's go time. So let the fun begin. These guys are are going all the way back. They're going back to the very beginning where there are no resources. There is none of that. They have to create everything for themselves. I think that's what really connects it to history. So, alone, right? This idea of being hundreds and hundreds of miles away from everyone else around you, right? And these are like tough, like survivor Bear grills kind of people, right? They're going off into the wilderness and they're doing crazy stuff to survive. But like you saw, the thing that took them out of the competition after weeks and weeks and weeks was just that they were totally and utterly alone. And they couldn't handle it. And so I want to look at why. Why do we not like being alone? Why when we're walking back home in the dark, is there suddenly fear that there's something else there, that there's just this, this gross factor about being alone? So if you guys don't have a Bible, go ahead and grab one right now from the uh, Bible carts that are around you. We're going to look at um, three parts of the Bible today, okay? So go ahead and grab a Bible, guys. And grab a page of notes if you don't have one. And grab a pen also if you don't have one. One, two, three. Bible notes, pen. Booya! All right, so grab your Bibles, go back to your chair, and what we're gonna do? We're gonna turn to page five. Okay, everybody. So we're gonna go to page five of our Bible. On deux trois, four five. See that kind of three in French? Pretty cool. Pretty cool. All right, guys. So then, if you can't find it in the Bible, we got it up on the screens for us right now. It's in the book of Genesis. Page 5, Genesis, chapter 2. I believe it's verse, um, verse 8 that we're going to bring up. 18, excuse me. All right. Shh. Reading time, everyone. Please open your Bible. Look to the thing or look at the screen. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. What are we talking about? It just took one sentence out of the Bible. No context. Well, let me give you context right. Um, so uh, this is the beginning of the Bible, right? God just created everything, right? Let there be light. Bam! And there's light. Um, let, um, and he's, like, he separates the, uh, the sky from the ground, the water from the land. He's making animals. He made Adam. Boom! And what's so cool is God's a good God, right? He's a good, good father. And so everything he made was good, He makes the light, and he says, the light is good. And he makes um, the animals, and he says, the animals are good. He makes the stars, and that's out of order, but he says, the stars, the stars are good. He makes man, he makes Adam, the first person, and he says, this is good. But then we realize that Adam, he's alone in the Garden of Eden, it's a great place. He's got a great job. He's naming all the animals. He's taking care of this beautiful garden and everything, and Adam loves it. He loves his purpose. But he's looking around, and he's going, I don't have a friend, I don't have somebody like myself that I can love and be loved by. I can't know someone and be known by them. Adam feels alone, just like we do, right? And God saw that, and then God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. So God creates Eve. He gives Adam uh, a friend, a wife, a partner, someone to do life with. And he gives the first community that ever took place, right? We were talking a lot about life groups and everything earlier today, and that's what we believe in JHM, is community is something that we inanely need. The Bible talks about that. Community is so important. So the first thing I want you guys to write down in your notes is that we are not meant to live life alone, right? This idea of being alone, it scares us. There's something within us that doesn't like it, right? And that's because we're not made for it. We're not meant to live life alone. It is not good, the Bible says, to live life alone, I want you guys to now flip in your Bible. We're all the way at the front. We're going to flip almost all the way to the back. We're going to go to page 1,159, okay? So just like, whoa bam flip it over. We're going to look up the book of Galatians, all right? You guys not know where the Galatians is? It's 1,159. We got it up on the screen for us too. It's chapter 3, verse 28. Chapter 3, verse 28. Sorry, guys, I'm getting you some feedback. I can just do a wireless if that's better. So Galatians three I'll read the verse and give you guys a little context. There is no longer Jew nor Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. That's a great sentence. What does it mean? Uh, does anybody have uh, parents or like heritage, ancestors that are from like Israel? Does anyone have Jewish heritage? Some of you? Yeah, a couple, Justin in the back. Yeah, right? And so uh, the Jews, 2,000 years ago, the uh, the Jewish people, that culture, are God's chosen people, right? And through them, God blessed the entire world, essentially, right? Don't throw pens, guys, or balls. I'm going to take this one. Cool. So we've got the Jews and the Gentiles, right? So the Jews are God's chosen people, and the Gentiles were basically everybody else. And 2,000 years ago, everyone... Uh, especially the Jews, they thought they were closer to God, right? They were God's chosen people. They were like, okay, we are the Jews. We're better than everyone else, right? And so that's what the thing was 2,000 years ago. But so what Jesus is saying is, no, guys, there's no separation. It's not one group of people are closer to God and one people aren't. It's saying we're all the same. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, no separation there, meaning we are all God's chosen people. We are the body of Christ. It says there's no slave or free. There was a class system 2,000 years ago. And what it was, was if you were free, you were at the top of the food chain, for the most part. And if you were a slave, you were at the bottom. That's good, right? As a slave, you didn't have rights. You couldn't do what you wanted to do when you wanted to do it. And there was this class system. Christ is saying that no longer exists. There's no longer someone who's better than somebody else. We're all equal, and it says male and female, 2,000 years ago, women didn't have, have as many rights as men did. I know in school, you guys learned like, like women's liberation and everything and like the rights to vote and things like that throughout our American history. It was even worse 2,000 years ago, right? And Christ was not about that. He was all about saying, no, we're equal, right? We're all beloved children of God, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So we are one. We're one group, one community, one body, right? You guys ever heard the body of Christ? That is like sort of a, a church these kind of saying. We're not talking about his physical body. We're talking about this group of believers, the body of believers that we are. I want you to flip 11 pages to your left now, guys. 11 pages to your left. We're going to 1,139. This will be the last verse we look at. So no more flipping around. That's going to be 1 Corinthians. It's chapter 12, verse 12 is where we're going to start. Okay? Now, I'm just going to jump into it, then we'll talk about it in a second. The human body has many parts, right? We got hands, we got feet, we got eyelashes, we got ears, we got a spleen, and two kidneys, hopefully. The human body has many parts. But the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Let's pause there. So you're like all of the parts of your body, your heart, your lungs, that all makes up one body, right? You don't see somebody and like they're looking like good today, you know, and you're like, wow, like your kidneys are doing great today. Or like, wow, like your your knees look really strong and everything. You say, no, it's like, yeah, you're, you're looking good today. You're looking healthy, you're looking happy, right? Because we're talking about their whole person in one thing, right? You don't give people uh, like you don't talk about them in separate parts right? We are one, just like the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, right? Some of Jewish heritage, some are Gentiles. That's great. Some are slaves, some are free. It's talking about that class system again. Some are technically, you know, more important by society standards. Some are less important by society standards, but Christ is saying, no, we're equal. He says, but we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, God, the Holy Spirit, and we all share the same spirit. God is saying, I'm close to all of you, There's no closer than, farther away from, I'm equally close to all of you. Let's look to the next thing. Our next verse. Remember, it's going to be verse 14. Yes, the body has many different parts, spleen, heart, lungs, all that good stuff. Not just one part, right? Our whole body isn't composed of one thing. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And then, let's talk about that for a second. So, our society, especially in school, We're all about comparison, right? What's the first thing you do when you get a test back, right? Get your math test back. You'll get your score, and then you look at what everybody else got, right? You get yours back, and you go, hey, I got an A minus. Yeah, I studied really hard. And maybe you're like, okay, I got a B. All right, that's good. I'm happy about that. And you look around, and you see, oh, they got a C minus. I'm better than them. They got an A plus. Ooh, they're really smart. I'm not as good as them. They got this. They got that. And you start ranking it in your head is, who am I better than? Who am I less than? But the thing to keep in mind is that we are all the body of Christ, right? So this is what's happening. The foot is saying, you know what? I look at this hand. This hand is awesome. This hand can turn pages in a book. This hand can crack an egg. This hand can open a door. And the foot's going, what do I do? What am I good at? And the hand is looking at the foot, going, wow, foot, you're amazing. You can walk. You can, like, heel click and stuff. Like, the foot is impressive, you know? And so that's what happens in our lives. We look at other people and we go, wow, they're so great. You're so good at this. I'm not good enough. And they're looking at you going, wow, you're so great. You're good at this. I'm not good enough. We all feel like we're not good enough because of this comparison. But if we look at that, that doesn't make sense. Because we're all one body. It does not make it any less a part of the body. 16. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? Same basic idea. We're all part of the body. We all bring something to the table, right? You guys are in tables today. Every one of you brings something different to the table you're at, different life experience, a different story, different skill set, different interests. Last part of this verse. Last verse, we got it. If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our body's of many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. What if everyone was an athlete? What if everyone was an eye in the body? We were all amazing athletes, just like all these Olympians, right? We're all gold medalists. And we are, yeah, let's, let's check that out. We're all an eye. What would we look like? Ew, we don't want a body fully composed of eyes. That's, that's not good. Not about that. Not about that. Let's go back to the verse real quick. Yeah, we don't want to be fully composed of eyes. What if the whole body were an ear? What if the whole body were an ear? Let's take a look at what that would look like. That freaks me out. That picture freaks me out. I hate it. Go back. Let's go back to the verse. So if the whole body were an eye, if we were all athletes, we're all Olympians, we're this body composed of eyes, right? That's what we see. We see these sports stars everywhere. If the body's composed of ears, right, maybe we're all really good at math all of a sudden, right? We're all mathematicians, but the body is suddenly can't just be composed of one thing, right? We need people who are athletic. We need people who love math, who love English. We need people who love reading. We need people who love video games. We need people who love cooking. We need people that do so many different things. Growing up, I had a lot of trouble spelling. I could never spell very well, and I always felt less than a lot of my um, classmates and stuff, right? because often I'd get up, like, you know, sometimes you have to write on the board or whatever. I was terrified of that, because what if the teacher asked me to spell something easy that I didn't know how to spell? And I was always afraid. And so, honestly, in tests, all the way through college even, I had to lower my vocabulary so I could use words that I could spell. And that was really tough for me. And, like, That was hard. And so often I felt like if I could just spell better, if I could just be a hand, if I could just be an ear, I would be better. But God showed me that in the community groups that I was in, I didn't have to be what everyone else was. I just got to be what I was. I got to bring what I brought to the table. So I have a question for you guys. Has anyone been to a redwood forest? Redwood forest, right? You've seen redwood trees? So you saw, you've seen this. You've seen a redwood tree forest, a grove of redwoods, right? Redwoods are some of the biggest and tallest trees in the world, right? Some trees are 2,000 years old. That means when Christ was born, that tree sprouted. 2,000-year-old trees, right? And it's a really big tree, right? Trees that grow really big and really tall have to have really deep roots so they can stay up, right? Because when the wind blows, they got to like bend and everything, but then not fall. Redwoods have incredibly short roots. Even though they're so tall, some of the biggest trees in the world, they have really short roots. So how do they stand up? They cannot grow by themselves. A redwood growing by itself would immediately fall over if something like blew strongly on it. But redwoods, they grow in groves. Tree, tree, tree. Their roots go down, but then they spread out. They grow wide. All of the roots of redwood trees interconnect with one another. And that's how they grow really tall and really strong. That's the next um, part of our notes that we have, is that Jesus grows us through the body of believers around us. We grow because we have a community surrounding us. We can't just put roots all the way down and expect to grow tall. It's not how we're made, right? It wasn't good that Adam was alone. Aloneness bothers us at a core level. That's because we have to have other people around us to grow. Otherwise, we fall. Just like a redwood tree with short roots. When the wind of life blows, you're just gonna fall over. But if you're in a table, a group, a community, that's not gonna happen, you're not gonna fall because you can hold each other up. Your roots grow together and it makes you strong. So we grow through that body of believers around us. That brings us to our final, um, our big idea for the day is that I am created for community. It's not just something we should do, right? It's not something that God's like, oh, it's better if you're in community, right? This is a good thing. He's saying, no, you need it desperately. Hey, guys, hold the ball. You need that community around you, surrounding you, because otherwise you won't grow. I know a lot of people have asked me, it's like, Josh, how do I get closer to God? How do I stop sinning? How do I change this about my life? How do I change this? And... What they say is, do I need to pray more? Do I need to read the Bible more? And it's like, those are great things. Don't get me wrong. Please read your Bible. Please pray. But often what we do is like, great, I'm going to go pray. Close the door. Close the door. And then you like, I don't know, traditionally you would like kneel in your bedside, right? You kind of see that picture of like, like the person praying earnestly to God at the edge of the bed. Or you say, hey, I'm going to read my Bible, right? Close the door. Close the door. You open your Bible up. Maybe you maybe in your closet with a flashlight reading it, right? That's all good stuff. But that's not what we're designed for. That's not what we're made for. Um, we're made for community. We're made to do these things as a group. Praying in a group is something beautiful and wonderful and connecting. You're planting roots down that are growing together. Studying the word in a Bible study or what we're doing right now, guys. We're in tables right now talking about God's word and how that relates to us. We're doing it. We're doing the community thing that we're created for, that we're made for. You know It's fun? You know, like if you were locked in a toy store for three days by yourself, it might be really fun for like a couple hours, maybe even a whole day, but then you'd wake up all alone again, and it would be less fun, and then maybe less fun, and you've got all these board games that need people to play with, and you don't have anyone, but if you're there with your friends, it's way more fun. That's kind of what life groups is, right? We're doing these things. We're doing a lot of fun together. We're doing life together, but we're growing together too because we're made for community. And so I I encourage you guys to really think about what joining a life group would mean for you. And we raised hands earlier today about people that are in life groups. And I encourage you guys to not be afraid. To not be afraid of really bringing what you have to the table, right? We all bring different skills. We all bring different memories. We all have different problems. Bring it to the table. Don't just leave it at home, Sometimes we come to life group and we think, oh, like, I got to pretend to be an eye. I got to pretend to be a hand because right now I feel like a foot and that doesn't seem like I'm useful or I feel like an ear and it doesn't seem like I'm useful. What you bring to the table is amazing and beautiful. So I encourage you guys that are in a life group, you girls that are in a life group, to really bring everything to the table, to bring everything to that group. And those of you who aren't, you need it. You need that community because otherwise you're not going to grow. And God loves it when we grow. It's like when you, uh, like you plant a plant, and every day you check on it, and it grows just a little bit more, just a little bit more, just a little bit more. That's how God sees us. When we're growing, he's so excited. And when we're not growing, he's encouraging us to grow because he loves us. All right, if you guys just bow your heads real quick. Father, we come before you today, Lord, and God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for your love that you want us to grow, God. We thank you that you made us for community, Lord. We thank you that you surround us with people that we don't have to be like Adam and totally, utterly alone. Lord, I, I just speak over um, everyone here, God. God, I pray that you would ignite in them a desire for community, Lord. Um, and God, in, in JHM, we believe that life groups is a beautiful way for them to connect in community, God. So I, God, I just really encourage everyone here to, to have the courage to step out, to talk to a leader, to sign up online, to talk to their parents, and say, hey, I want to join a life group. I want to try it out. Okay, it doesn't mean you have to be in it forever, but just to see what it's like to grow in a grove like a redwood, to be in that community that I'm created for. And Lord, if, if life groups isn't right for someone right now, God, I pray that they would just seek community wherever that is, whatever that means for them, Lord. God, I pray that you would give them courage for that, Lord Jesus. Father, we praise you for everything you do in our lives, God. We thank you for the love that you have for us. God, I pray that you would protect us, keep us safe this week, Lord, and I pray that we would just have a lot of fun. It's the first week of school, God. I pray that this would be a very fun, exciting week. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, guys, you are dismissed. Have a fantastic week, and we will see you next time.